because anytime you're not loving yourselves, you are not competent, you are not worthy, you are not attracting as many of the things that you desire to have in your life as you, as you could. And you, you are all capable of doing this. And it, it starts with self-love. It does not start with any single change in behavior or appearance or anything else beyond loving self more. I am here with two people that you're really going to be uh, interested in, in hearing from. One is my new friend, Mallory Cooper. Mallory is a... <laughs> We've been talking so long, I forgot how to introduce you already. Mallory, <laughs> Mallory is a science fiction author and a transgender woman. Welcome to the podcast, Mallory. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. And you all know Kat Wonders, my writing partner, also an author. Uh, Mallory and Kat are friends. You can go deeper into that if you want, that explanation. Um, and Kat is also a Taya master. You're probably aware of that if you listen to the podcast often. If you don't, you'll figure all this out as we go. But the topic today that we're diving into is the stream's teachings around gender identity. So that's why we have our Taya sexpert here, because sex and gender do kind of go hand in hand, although they're not exactly the same thing. And Mallory is, is representing the entire trans community as a transgender woman. <laughs> I'm transgenderly horrified by that. No, no, no pressure, no pressure, but you're representing the entire community. So <laughs> we're just going to dive into it. Uh, I want to really bring the stream in right away because I, I want to hear what they have to say about this more than what I have to say about it. Uh, my opinion about all of it is very fluid. I'm very much a, hey, to each his own, be happy, enjoy your life live your best life, and however you choose to live your life is completely your business without judgment. That's it. But the stream uh, probably has much better answers for any questions that you may have. So let's take a break. Let's uh, set an intention for the stream to come through, and you can start asking them questions as soon as they, um, as soon as they arrive, and you'll know when they arrive. The biggest thing I got from boot camp was the self-awareness knowing like before i don't think i realized what limiting beliefs i held that were keeping me from creating what i wanted in my life through boot camp you go through a process of looking back on your life on your life experiences and revisiting and acknowledging things that happened not so that you can dwell in them, but actually so that you can heal and also learn to appreciate them for the ways in which they helped you to grow and to become who you are. Trust was always a very, very uh, difficult thing for me in the past. And with Taya Bootcamp, I've been able to actually learn what it feels like to trust. Trust in my abundance, trust in myself, joining Taya and going through all the modules and using all the tools on a daily basis, I really went deeper within myself as to what those hidden transgressors were and what was really bothering me in life. And the transformation is amazing. I'm smiling all the time. I'm happy. I have an amazing relationship with my daughter now. I sit, I listen to her. I no longer snap at anyone, <laughs> which is great. Um, my friends see a difference. I love the Thai community so much, every aspect of it. I loved um, 
meeting with David, meeting with the coaches, um, meeting with my mentor. It was just really nice to feel so supported and to feel like I wasn't just a number in a program. Like everyone, all of my coaches knew my my stuff, knew what, knew what my struggles were, knew what I was dealing with. Um, they knew me personally. Until I'd come to Tyre, I hadn't found the, the joy and that depth of love and acceptance and the allowance and the unity of community that that was phenomenal. My mother asks me too, she says, so how was it? I'm like, it was life-changing. I'm like, can't you tell? And she could tell, my father can tell. These are the people that I fought with on a daily basis. Like they, they see it in me. My daughter sees it, mommy, you're so happy now. It's something you do for yourself. A lot of us don't do anything for ourselves. Uh, it's an investment in you, an investment of your future. It'll change your life and uh, you won't ever look back because that's how I feel. Like I'm never going to look back and I'm just a better version of myself. We are here. Welcome back. Good to see you again, as always. Hey there. <laughs> so um, Mallory and I are here. We have an interesting topic of conversation. And I'm just going to kind of start because I, I'm familiar with you and Mallory is going to kind of get her feet wet as we go in. So um, <laughs> we, we want to discuss the topic of gender today. And um, I think kind of a great topic to start with is something Mallory and I actually discuss a lot in our conversations in that um, the idea of being born in the wrong body and feeling, um, many people feeling victimized in the fact that they were born in the wrong body. And whereas um, you, the stream have said many times, it's not a matter of being born in the wrong body. You've on a, um, like almost on a soul level chosen to be born in this body and chosen to have these types of contrasts. Can you speak to that somewhat? And then after that, I'm going to honestly probably leave it to you, Mallory, to come up with follow-up questions. All right, sure. We, we will begin with our, our, our typical teachings uh, around the fact that you are all far more, your, your consciousness is, is far more than your current perception of yourselves. You, you, you are operating what we often refer to as a physical vehicle, a human physical vehicle. It, it, you, you are all essentially robots in these physical vehicles. And you, from an eternal perspective, you, the, 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 the broader being that you are, you, you are not human beings specifically, and you are certainly not any gender specifically. You, you have been so many things in so many environments that a singular identity is not the core of that which you are and never will be. However, that eternal strand of consciousness, what you may refer to as your soul, projects into physical environments for the experience of the environment. But when you project into the environment, you adopt an, an ego consciousness, a human consciousness. And that human ego consciousness tends to overshadow the entirety of that which you are. 
So in that overshadowed experience, you are in this polarized environment that you call earth, all physical environments are polarized, having a contrasting experience, meaning that you are coming not with full awareness of all that you are, somewhat of an awareness of that, but far more focused in your physical environment because you are in that experience. We very often refer to it as, as sort of like going on a weekend trip. You live in one place and perhaps you go to the beach for a few days to go experience that environment. You do beachy things. You, you, you do things that you don't normally do to have that unique experience. And then you leave it and return to your, your full-time way of life, so to speak. And that weekend experience, you have both positive and negative experiences. But when you leave it, you are expanded from having that experience. You, you've perhaps experienced new things, or you had challenges that you had to overcome. Perhaps you didn't overcome the challenges, and it really put a damper on that experience. But when you return from it, most of the time, you are going to look back on it in appreciation and even laughter, whether it was positive or negative as you move along. Your human journey is exactly the same as that. It's, it's, it's a blip of experience in comparison to all that you are. So when you project in, you are projecting in aligning with a set of circumstances to deliver a certain type of experience, understanding that you are going to create this human journey for yourself, mostly as a reaction to what you project into. And very often human beings rooted in, in ego consciousness are believing that those that project into relative ease are somehow blessed. And those that are that project into anything less than that are somehow cursed. However, <clears throat> from your eternal perspective, that is not the case at all. Those that project into challenges are strands of consciousness that are seeking that level of expansion or that level of experience in coming to physical. It is essentially the difference between going and laying on the beach for your weekend trip and going and climbing a mountain on the weekend trip. You, you believe from a soul conscious perspective that you will be more expanded in the more challenging environment, the more challenging set of circumstances. So when, when you speak to being born into the wrong situation, from your human perspective, that is absolutely understandable. Because from your human perspective, you may not be born into a set of circumstances where you are ready to just accept what you are given meaning that your consciousness is just going to sort of lie flat and have whatever experience that is delivered. Your consciousness projecting in to something that is, is somewhat foreign to the, the other experiences that you've had for the level of sophistication that it's going to offer, that can be very disruptive when you are rooted in your ego consciousness early on. When you begin experiencing what we refer to as the matrix, which is this human created, created via your religions and your cultural teachings and things of this nature, this, this set of rules that you're all told that you must live by. And when you project into something that is very foreign to your eternal consciousness, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. You, you, you are seeing others who are conforming and you feel that conformity for you is not the right path. It feels very wrong. It feels very uncomfortable. And, and you want to push past it. And notice that those that, that project into a set of circumstances and manage to push past it 
are among the most celebrated among you, but also often among the most feared and loathed among you. Once again, because you are in a polarized environment. So those that push against and push past and move to this level of being a strong, confident, independent being, regardless of the set of circumstances that they projected into, you all love those stories. You celebrate these stories. And, and, and it, it's, it's seen as a strength across most of humanity. That's because on a, a visceral soul level, you all understand that that is expansion for your being. So when we, we come around to the, the, the topic of gender, you, your physical vehicles, and we have referred to you somewhat playfully as robots, but you are essentially technology. You, your physical vehicles are technology. And since you're in this polarized environment, you have these two identities. And, and, and the two identities are seen as gender. And the two genders serve different purposes, especially in regard to reproduction. But the physical vehicle themselves, there's not that much difference between the two. We, we have been playfully asked why men have nipples. Why do men have nipples? Good question. Men have nipples because your physical vehicles are not that different. There, there, is, some, there is an interchangeable element to them for sure. And, and, and certainly with the vibration that you call hormones, those, that, those elements can change and take on different forms. But the forms are not that different. But because you operate in this polarized matrix, you are all told that everything is black and white. Yet black and white doesn't work well for any of you. Because black and white is assigning yourselves to a belief system that someone else is assigning to you and you are adopting that as your own belief system without question. Not many human beings do that because it's not a very comfortable way to be. And it's certainly not a very expansive way to be. When you are operating in polarity, meaning when you are living your life the way that society tells you to without question, doing every single thing, you live a life where your soul is constantly calling you forward for more. And you are not allowing that soul consciousness desire to step out of whatever part of the matrix is not comfortable for you and experience something different. And there are certainly examples of human beings that move through that experience without question. In fact, notice that humanity throughout humanity's progression in your recent recorded history, there, there were generations not long before yours that absolutely did that most of them moved right through the matrix the way they were told to do. That served the purpose of, of, of a certain degree of expansion and physical, much of your technology and innovation and, and your, your community organizations and things like that came from that. But now you were all coming together like never before, you were communicating like never before, and you were coming to understand that you don't need that matrix any longer. And humanity is moving out of that period. And that's what's going on on your planet essentially right now is humanity is moving out of that long period of, of social engineering or society building or whatever you want to call it and questioning everything. And in questioning everything, you are seeing your institutions of control beginning to crumble. Religions are crumbling. The monarchies are crumbling. Policing is crumbling. Everything is beginning to crumble or fracture or at least be questioned and reimagined because this idea of blind obedience is not comfortable 
for the generations that are be born that are being born up to speed with with what you call this evolved thinking that you all have because of your ability to communicate. When you say that like we were born into polarized systems and that's why we have these polarized genders, I'm curious what you think of how um, the concept of there just being two genders is a relatively recent Western European concept. Um, the ancient, ancient Hebrew has five genders. The Greeks had four genders. Most Native American um, cultures had at least three genders. Um, Southeast Asia, three to four genders are commonly recognized. So it's it's not like it's actually been this polarized the whole time. It's it's a relatively recent development, actually, that we've decided to put people in these boxes. The period of society building, indeed. And, and not all societies created their matrix the same. But the, the, the fact that there's an identity at all is, is, is a, a, a reflection of a matrix. Having to identify five or three or two or one is, is pigeonholing a being. The, the only difference is, is, is how that physical vehicle, the purpose that it serves in the reproductive process. The, the, the original design, if you will, of, of the physical vehicle is just about that as far as expression and identity and, and sexuality and, 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 and all those other things. It's so gray that, that you could have a hundred genders if you wish. Sure, you certainly could. Like they, in studies of brains, um, there are there, there's a wide range of brains, but the vast majority of men have one type of brain, the vast majority of women have another type of brain. And neuroscientists can look at a brain and 85% of the time, just by looking at it, they can tell if it's a male or female brain. And those different brains do make us think differently. Like our meat suits that we live in do operate differently based on the hardware. And that, and that sex and gender does affect the hardware. Indeed it does, but it's, it's the vibration that you may identify as hormones that create those differences. Mm -hmm. There is an interchangeability between the vehicles, but the way that the vibration of what you identify perhaps as gender or, or things beyond that, that vibration is very fluid. It's entirely fluid, actually. You mean the vibration that comes from the hormones that we have in our bodies? The, the vibration that you identify as hormones, indeed. Okay. Because, of course, you can swap those out. You Which have developed technology where that can be done. You, again, yeah. your, your physical vehicles, you are essentially your technology. Mm -hmm. and, and humanity is catching up to the technology that is your own creation. And that's what's happening. And you are learning to manipulate it. And, 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 and again, there is no judgment from the energetic realm with your advancements in technology, nor your manipulation of such. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of trans people do like to think that we're basically biohacking ourselves in a way. Um, and we, I do wonder if like, you know, if you're thinking about this from like an energetic perspective, is there an alignment that some people would have with the vibrations of different hormones? Like, are you just, some people just more naturally align with different vibrations and that's why you might change, you know, your hormones to get the right to, to align better. Alignment is a natural state of being, but, but shifts with beliefs. Essentially, the, 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 you start out with, with a, a base alignment at conception. You, you choose your point of entry at conception. And everything that happens from that spark of consciousness that creates what you call conception is, is up to the being, the collective of beings indeed. But the being that is in that scenario is attracting the experience from conception. And it's, it's very much an overshadowed experience in, in what you may call a, the vibration of a human ego. 
even though it's just a, a just conceived seed that you do not believe has the consciousness of a full-blown born human being, that seed has consciousness to it. And that seed is aligning with a set of circumstances. And that set of circumstances could be any and every possibility from there forward. I must have been a really masochistic seed to have chosen this path. <laughs> the, the, the more complex paths stimulate you and challenge you and drive you to, to new creation, however. Look, look at the things that you have created for yourself in your own consciousness experience because you chose that initial path. It is true. If I was to go on vacation, I'd certainly climb a mountain rather than go to the beach. So it does, it does align with, with how I operate. Um, it's a really interesting way to look at it that, that we chose this. And I'm not, I, you know, given a choice, I don't know that I would choose to have been born, not trans. Um, although I never consider myself as being born in the wrong body, because that's like, no different than someone who's born, you know, with a big nose or an extra finger or something like that. They don't think they're in the wrong body. It's just their body happens to be different in some way. Indeed. And, 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 and we are certainly understanding of an emotional response to a set of circumstances where one could feel that they were born into the wrong body. And we are very understanding of that. However, the, the, the being that uncomfortable in the skin that you're in believing that altering the physical vehicle is going to solve that problem is where we guide that individual to find love for what is first before taking on any physical changes, believing that that's going to solve something. The, the, the love has to come for self from within first. And when that occurs, you, you are free to do any and everything that you want with your physical vehicle. It is indeed your physical vehicle. So you exactly. get to operate it the way that you wish to operate it, understanding that, that there are different environments where you are going to be subject to different reactions from other beings. But your supreme confidence in your own well-being will always supersede any behavior of any other being around you, always. Yeah, that makes sense. I... Um... I, when I was early on in my transition, when I was really starting to deal with dysphoria and dysphoria in many regards is just feeling judged by everybody else for being different. Um, I actually came to the realization that I had to learn to love myself the way I was, or I wouldn't know how to love myself when I completed my journey. And I, and I've seen so many trans people who get all sorts of different surgeries, you know, or they go through hormones or they change parts of their lives and it doesn't make them happy. You know, it, make, it might make them happier, but it doesn't solve the root problem, you know, which aligns with what you're saying. Indeed. The, the, the challenges that you all project into when you move through appreciation of the challenge itself, that's when the solving begins. David has stated that, that, that being a gay man is the best thing that ever happened to him because it drove him to question everything. And yeah. as questioning everything, he has had a much more rich and fulfilled life than others around him that never questioned a thing. Yeah, I definitely relate to that, actually. I think being trans is one of the best things ever happened to me as well. And I mean, I wouldn't be dating Kat otherwise. <laughs> actually, maybe I would. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would still be dating you if you were not trans as well. So <laughs> that actually, this leads me to a question, though. So now, um, 
not to get into a whole big long story time, but a little background for people listening. When I first found Mallory, I was one of her readers of her books and um, reading the books in science fiction, they were very clearly written by a woman. And I loved that about it. And, but her pen name is, you know, MD Cooper. So I had no idea, <laughs> no idea if she was a man or a woman. And so I get to the end of the book and I see that it's written by a man. And I was really confused because the whole time reading, because her name hadn't been changed in the back of the book, I had a hard copy, but the whole time I'm reading this, I'm thinking, I thought this was written by a woman based on how the story was written, because there are differences, like you were saying, um, and like Mallory, you were saying, if you look at a brain, you can tell if it's a man or a woman's brain. So the whole time I'm reading, I'm thinking it's written by a woman. So then I started kind of stalking her online and I found out, okay, she is a woman and then found out she was trans. And I was like, okay, this all makes sense. And um, that became even more attractive to me. And that's how we ended up dating. Um, because of all this, what stream <laughs> this is to the stream what do you have to say on um these clear differences and like I realize there's a gray area versus black and white but sometimes it is very black and white like reading her book okay this was written by a woman meeting her okay she's clearly a woman sure maybe she was born with the gender assignment of a man but the, very very everything about her is very feminine very womanly and it's one of the things I'm attracted to what do you have to say for those who really just operate in how their brains work whether they choose to transition or not like what are the differences and how many gray areas you really think there are as far as gender when it comes to your actual brain patterns understand that your your brain <clears throat> is 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 where your ego consciousness is certainly housed, but it's also a receiver of collective consciousness. And it's also the receiver of what you may refer to as your source connection. There's an amalgam of all of those things going on in a person's being. It's not just you understand that when you are operating in what you may refer to as lower vibration, you may be operating more in your ego consciousness which tends to be more impacted by polarity. Whereas when you are operating in a higher vibrational state, you are more co co connected to the collective consciousness of humanity. And beyond that, all that is, all the way to what you would call full-blown source. And when you are in a, in a somewhat of a meditative state and you've got your vibration super high into that, that delicious space where you just appreciate all that is, you have access to, to a totally different thought process and in, in form of consciousness in that space than you do when your vibration is lower. When your vibration is lower, you are more impacted by fear. You're more likely to be triggered. You are more judgmental in that space. There, we say high and low or positive and negative. There is nothing wrong with any of this. We, we want to be very, very clear about that because you are a human being. You are experiencing what you call the earth environment as a human being. So you're going to fluctuate between this high and low vibration. We use the term high vibration simply to, to signify more source connection and low vibration to signify less source connection. But there is value in your thought process uh, being fluid between all of that. And it always is fluid. You're not going to ever cure that. 
there is no human being that operates at the top or bottom of their spiral all the time. It is always going up and down. That's why, and it's expressed in your emotions. That's why your emotions are, are, are on this sort of roller coaster sometimes. Sometimes you're up and you're happy and you're joyful and you're optimistic for no particular reason. And, and other times you are less than that, all the way down to depression and despair. And certainly if, if your default vibration, the, 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 the being that you have created for yourself operates in that lower vibrational field, your life experience is going to reflect that more. And you're going to feel more batted around by your environment. You're going to feel more victimized there because you don't feel as in control. You don't feel as powerful. But when you raise your vibration systematically and, and notice that your current society does not really teach you to do that, your current society teaches you things that, that tend to hold you down in a lower vibration because that controls you. It controls your behavior. Those teachings that you need to compare yourselves to others, that you're not pretty enough or smart enough or rich enough or good enough, or, or you're not fitting into the crowd or all of those things, that is what we refer to as the matrix. And, 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 and Mallory referred earlier to different matrices from different societies. Certainly, they, they have all been created differently, but the core system was created to control the masses believing that control was for the masses own good and, and, and that not necessarily being wrong, but understanding that the more sophisticated the collective consciousness that you call humanity has become, the less you need those elements of control, the less you need all of those identities. So what you see happening in your society is moving more and more and more out of the matrix, desiring to move out of all of that control. But since all you know is your identities, your, your created identities, you, you, you tend to fall right back into expanding the creation of more identities. But inevitably, that simply expands the matrix. Because you must, to communicate, identify yourself as this, this, and this, and you tend to get tripped up in, in having that identity, needing others to understand it, and then feeling victimized, perhaps, when they do not. But if you can create your own identity and understand its fluidity and be so comfortable in it that how others identify you is completely meaningless to you, then you will find yourself in a higher vibrational state of joy of all that is because you're no longer needing what you may call validation from anyone else to be that which you authentically are. I get that a lot, actually, uh, that <clears throat> relying on external validation is, is a pretty slippery slope because you're, like you said, you're completely at the, at, you're, you're tossed about by all the circumstances around you. Um, but at a certain, and I, and actually, you know, there's been times where well, let me just take a spec, let's step back. Most people are unaware of the amount of validation they get from society, um, just being who they are. And only when you strip away some of the core elements of that validation, do you realize how, how important that validation actually was to you. Um, so it, it actually makes you more vulnerable in some regards. And there have been points in my life where I've actually been able to like completely separate myself from the need for validation from other people. And it is really freeing and liberating. But the tricky part is that I still live in this world where, you know, if I'm trans and I go down the into the wrong place, I might not survive, you know, so I do have to um, fit the mold to a certain degree just to survive. 
There are certainly choices that, that David has shared that early on in his employment, he worked in an industry that was, was, was homophobic, was very anti-gay to the, to the point of being told by an, an HR department that, that it was okay to, to fire anyone that they believe was gay. And he made the choice to move out of that industry into another that was more accepting. You, you can call that conforming or you can call it a survival tactic, however you wish to identify it, knowing where you can and can't go and understanding that you, you are subjecting yourself to a, a level of judgment. But when you go into a scenario expecting to be judged, understand that you are a co-creator of that judgment because you are in the vibration of judgment. That's Whereas when you step into a scenario where you are not concerned about being judged, you are simply being and enjoying and not concerning yourself with that whatsoever, your experience is going to be different than one where you are automatically expecting that judgment. Yeah, I would. that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I mean, like anything, you, you find that you get out of situations what you put into them. So yeah, if you go in expecting things to be terrible, a lot of times things are terrible. But but there still are realities that that go beyond that. You know, there are certain circumstances that I could walk into, no matter how much good energy I put into it, the outcome would probably still be terrible. So, and, and this this manifestation that, that you all speak of so much, the, the manifestation based on your vibration, is a very real thing. However, we are very clear that you are able to manifest anything, any circumstance, any event that you are able to authentically bring yourself to believe. But if you have lived an entire lifetime being told that if you, as, as, as your, your projection, that, that, that you are projecting yourself as right now, walk into this type of establishment or this type of neighborhood, that you are going to have a bad experience and your authentic belief system without question will not overcome that, you are far better off simply not going there. Because it really is about where your belief system can authentically land, given a challenging environment. There are examples of someone with supreme confidence walking into a scenario that could have been deadly and, and left unscathed. That, that is a possibility. But we would never guide you to try to falsely bring yourself to some belief system that you're not, you're not prepared for to go in and test something such as that. Why would you do that to yourself? And, and instead, focus on your own well-being, love of self, make safety an intention of yours, make security and joy an intention of yours, and allow your life to magically unfold, understanding that you are not going to step into an environment like that naturally in that vibration. But if you feel unsafe, and if you're not authentically feeling love of self and security and worthiness and things of that nature, we would guide you to work on that first before going into a more challenging environment. We, we are often asked about moving into certain individuals going into certain neighborhoods or even going back and visiting family members that, that are disagreeable with how they are projecting their lives. And our guidance is always work on your vibration first, love of self, intention of security and safety and well-being, and, and then move into a situation like that when you can authentically believe that you will have a positive interaction. And, and, and we guide you to question why you would ever place yourself in the path of anything less than a positive interaction. Well, that's how where the challenge comes from, right? 
we are here to challenge ourselves. That's what I picked. I mean, being trans is putting yourself in the way of not getting a positive interaction, just, you know, by its very nature. But, sorry, Kat. Well, just in that, um, in that realm of thinking, yes, there's, you know, there's situations that obviously you can get yourself into where that will not be ideal, but also like being trans, look at, I mean, I don't really like to use the word manifested, but I mean, you attracted me. And one of the things that I'm attracted to very much is trans women. <laughs> so, um, and very specifically the trans women I've been involved with, Mallory included, is they're very confident. Um, they're fine with who they are. They own it and they don't feel victimized at all. Um, never once have any of the trans women I've dated said, I just, I was so miserable because I woke up in the wrong body, but I do have many friends who do feel that way, but I'm not romantically attracted to them or sexually attracted to that. So just like, obviously like Mallory with the mindset that you have that attracted me to you. So like, if you think about it, like it's, it's worth it for what you do attract you attract the right people with the right mindset into your bubble by keeping like what the stream would say is the vibration high but um in and then if, if you can say more to that stream or Mallory but then I, I do actually have one more question later about um like sexuality along with that but anything you guys have on that one I, I kind of do believe that confident people people want to be around confident people and there's nothing like a trans person who's just out and proud <laughs> to portray confidence because it, it takes a lot to be able to do that. Uh, it's so sexy. So, <laughs> it's so it does sexy. make sense. I kind of, it's interesting. You all attract vibrationally. So if you are a confident person, you are going to attract other confident people and be attracted to confident people. But you see the other side of that in your environment. You see people who are, are not, you have a saying, misery loves company. You, you have people that are are in, in the victim vibration and they surround themselves with other people in that same vibration. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it seems not fair. You, 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 you all believe uh, perhaps that if that confident person and the unconfident person could simply get together and be friends, then all the problems would be solved for the non-confident person. But it doesn't time, work that way. It does not work that way because you're in a vibrational environment, you're a vibrational being. So the non-confident person is not necessarily inspired by the confident person. They're bothered by them. Yeah, it's intimidating, or it's 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 simply the, the the frustration of them not being able to manifest in their mind the the ability to be as confident as is for example you are, is is very annoying to them, and it shuts them down, and they would rather stay in their box of people that they're comfortable with than step out of that sometimes. But you all have the ability to step out of that box, to find love for yourselves, to be more confident. Confidence is something that every single human being can acquire. You can change a vibration regarding anything, literally anything, and you can all love yourselves more. In fact, when you love yourselves more, you do see your lives improving because we are the vibration of love. We hold nothing but love for you. So you have more of this flowing. You all have your version of this. This is not unique to David. You all have your version of this. And your version of this is realized in your love of self. And this is supreme confidence. You are experiencing supreme confidence that, that is the creator of all things in, in, in our message. And you all have the, the availability of this in your own way. And when you get to the top of your spiral in that space of self-love, you feel it. 
and, and it's, it's for many of you can be temporary. We understand that because you're in this vibrational environment and it's polarized and your vibration is going up and down, but you can begin to eliminate the things from your life that drag your vibration down and separate you from that love of self. And it's important if you wish to be joyous and abundant to do that. It's very important because anytime you're not loving yourselves, you are not confident. You are not worthy. You are not attracting as many of the things that you desire to have in your life as you, as you could. And you, you are all capable of doing this. And it, it starts with self-love. It does not start with any single change in behavior or appearance or anything else beyond loving self more. Self-love was at the top of the spiral. Is that how you get to the top? Self-love gets you to the top of your spiral because when you are loving yourself authentically, you are in alignment with our energy and you have your version of this coming to you. And when you have your version of this coming to you, you are authentically invincible. Cool. I like that. <laughs> it's actually something I get into in one of my science fiction series that's all based on the stream. But um, I... I, can I kind of segue into sexuality and then I know we're I know we've got a time constraint to an extent but I'll try to keep this as concise as possible uh sexuality when it comes to people transitioning from one gender to another uh people find it very interesting that I've managed to attract romantically so many trans women specifically because most people believe that well if you're transitioning into being a woman wouldn't you do that because you like men Yet in my experience, the women that I've dated have all just liked women. Mallory, perfect example. I know you are like sometimes attracted to men, but I mean, primarily you still are only attracted to women. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, one stream <laughs> or, or Mallory, why do you think there is this stereotype that if you're transitioning to a different gender, you should like the opposite gender, but also what is it there? <sighs> that makes that biological part of the person change or not. So like I even, every woman I know who's transitioned from male to female ends up actually finding men more attractive than they did at the beginning. Is that the hormones? Is that like, what is that? Is my question there. I'm curious what the stream has to say about that too. <laughs> you, what you call gender identity and sexuality are, 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 you are well aware, are, are not the same thing. All are fluid, all are gray, and your sexual attractions are never going to be fluid either because you're moving through vibrational flow. So as you start to explore other elements of self, then your attraction is going to be fluid with that. So as you explore a, a, a side of you that perhaps you have not fully allowed before and allowing that side of you or that version of you to be expressed, your attraction, your interests, your desires are going to shift along with that. It's not just about, and you are well aware of this, how you dress or how you speak or, or what you call yourself. It is your vibration. And as that vibration becomes more fluid and shifts about a bit, you are going to find yourselves interested in exploring various things. It's just as fluid. It's just as gray. And it's part of your human experience. In fact, if all humanity were to, to let go of the matrix and simply be, the things that you would call gender expression and sexuality would 
essentially go away because it would all just be this flow of experiences that you all have that are not going to be static ever because of vibrational flow. You, you tend to get into these static vibrations. You place yourselves in static vibrations because your society makes it easy for you to do that. Even if you are not a, a typical vibration of what you may call a, a cisgendered male, you are, you are not going to be in this fluid, this non-fluid scenario for your entire span of life. You aren't. If you let go of the matrix altogether, you are going to find yourselves shifting around and attraction to all sorts of different experiences and people and things. And as I promised you, the more you allow that, the richer you will find your life experience. But this idea of identifying yourself as this and being nothing but this for your entire lifespan, at some point, for lack of a better term, is just going to become boring. Yeah, I, I think that aligns, actually. I think that what you call like... Um... Do you say do you say abandoning the matrix or deconstructing the matrix? Um, I feel like when you when you transition, you are doing part of that because you're 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 saying that this thing that society told me doesn't apply, and you're stepping out of that. And I I definitely think that you once you take once you get take off those shackles, you start to say, well, gee, you know, what else is just a shackle? What else that I you know believe or been been told was true is just a construct that someone else came up with, and you start to say like. Why can't I be attracted to men? You know, you're giving um, yourself permission to question any and everything. Yeah. Why? Why are people? Why do people only want to have one partner for their whole life? Why aren't? Why aren't people? You know, let's try and be polyamorous. And you actually, it's interesting. You see, trans people do that a lot. Polyamory is really common in the trans community because yeah, we're like we're like, well, this is a stupid rule. Maybe this is a stupid rule too. Yeah, I just I just had that epiphany while the stream was talking, actually, because all of my transgender partners I've met in the polyamorous community and Mm -hmm. we all have multiple partners. So like this, this is actually really interesting because, yeah, you're thinking outside the box. It's like, well, if I can if I don't have to be in that reality, I don't have to have this one either. So like because, yeah, like, I mean, Mal is married and I'm also in a relationship with another and like it's but then we're together and it's the those constructs that are like well here here's this box let's just kind of <laughs> step right on out of here that's that was interesting yeah. i can't believe i never like, thought about that eternally you you are all of the energetic realm and that there are universal laws that, that govern creation which is the law of attraction and, and the law of polarity essentially that's it everything else is a spin off of that and in the energetic realm, there is no such thing as truth. There, 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 there is no one truth. There, everything that you are experiencing from a human perspective that you believe is truth is your opinion. And, and, and notice that you're never going to all agree upon everything. In fact, if you want to know what's going to destroy planet Earth and destroy humanity, it will be if you ever come to this, this place where you all agree on everything. Because there'll be no point in the environment. The environment is polarized for a reason. All of the, 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 the grit of polarity is what causes your expansion, which is why you're here in the first place. I like that. I've, I, this is a bit of maybe too much of a segue, but I've always thought the Christian heaven seemed really boring because I was like, why, why do we exist in this world where everything is, is a struggle and we're constantly striving for more? And then and, that, and building ourselves up that way to have an eventuality where we don't use any of those skills. You know, Indeed, the, the universe is ever expanding and that expansion is created 
by strands of consciousness experiencing physical environments that are polarized and overcoming obstacles, essentially. The overcoming of obstacles creates expansion. You, in, in this brief interaction, those that are listening have been expanded and coming to understand perhaps like they never have before, that choosing a difficult path is actually choosing a more sophisticated assignment, if you will, for the expansion that is potentially offered in it. And then how you choose to operate it, if you choose to, to move through the experience, find love of self and be empowered by it, then you are extremely expanded in that, in, in that situation, for lack of better terminology. And when you come and experience something where you choose a path and you are broken by that path, there's value in that experience as well. Even if that, that brokenness separates you from your physical vehicle at a time that you may believe is too soon, you're in your completed state of consciousness, you have appreciation for the experience that was. Even if it is judged by humanity as bad or wrong or sad or tragic or any of those things, all of those are human judgments. All of those are elements of the matrix. There is no wrong way to be a human being and there's no wrong amount of time to be a human being. Your eternal strands of consciousness. And the more you start viewing yourselves that way, and as our promise, the more you do this work, the more you begin to see yourselves as eternal beings having a very temporary human experience. Essentially, that takes the pressure off of the current human experience that you are perceiving. And when you take the pressure off of it, you allow yourself to be more free, more fluid, experience more things, question, change, evolve. And in doing that, you are becoming a more sophisticated version of you. I do like that. I like that a lot, actually. I've always... I've always felt like challenges are just opportunities, like, or what people would consider to be barriers for me, like as an opportunity to try and overcome something. Um, and it's always felt like that was good. You know, like I've actually never really viewed hardship like that as a bad thing. I'm like, Oh, this is just a challenge. And I have to overcome it, overcome it and move on to the next thing. I think actually Kat, you're a lot like that too. You don't really view barriers as things to stop you. They're just things to work your way around somehow. Yeah. I guess it's that aligns with like, with like, and it is fun. That's a weird thing too. Like when I see people that like see challenges and they don't like them, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's a lot more exciting than just regular it's, living. It's a matter of perspective and they've adopted a belief system where every challenge is this horrible thing that they shouldn't be experiencing. And they look upon someone who they believe is not experiencing any challenges, perhaps from the outside. We, we, we've referred to that as the Instagram version of life that humanity has created where everything yeah. is perfect. Yeah, carried perfection. Uh, not one being is living that. Everyone has their own challenges and everyone has a belief system that they are struggling. No matter mm -hmm. who they are, or what they're doing, they believe they have pressure, they have challenges, they have struggle. Every single being has that. Because they're in a polarized environment, it's always going to be, regardless of how beautiful or rich or celebrated they are, there are challenges in every experience. I love that. Yeah. But I the most that. expanded, joyous human beings to, to take the judgment out of it and simply to point in a direction if this is where you wish to go are the ones that meet the challenges and joy, understanding that the overcoming of them only makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. I like that. Something you said before also reminded me of a saying that um, we, I used to have in the software development industry um, is that uh, failure is a form of success. You know, when, when you're talking about like, you know, what we might see as failure might actually be a very successful, you know, run at things. It kind of aligns with that. I like Indeed, that. that's the vibrational flow exists to take to pull the vibration of any creation back down. 
to, to allow the flaws to be realized. And when you realize those flaws, you have an opportunity to create an even better version of. That's true for a piece of software, a, a business, a relationship, a physical regime, whatever it is, tearing down and building back up builds back a stronger being of whatever the creation is every single time. Okay. We, we, we have shared a lot. We have shared a lot of information. <laughs> and our guidance is, is for anyone who is, is listening to this, who finds this intriguing to listen a few times because there was, there was a lot offered in the collective consciousness conversation that, that, that transpired here. With much love, that is what we have. Welcome back, David. <laughs> Your mouth must get dry. <laughs> like, I was, I was just extreme. about to take a drink. Yeah, I need to teach them to take a damn drink every once in a while. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was just about to ask them, like, okay, I think, I think this is probably a lot. Maybe we should wrap it up, and then they're like, "We've shared a lot." Bye. <laughs> David's really parched. Well, it was uh, the, there. There was so much, and on this yeah. topic, you could go all day. Oh, yeah, easily go all day. And we can do other parts to this. We can certainly have both of you back and, and dive into this a little deeper in the future. I'm sure uh, once we share this out, there'll be comments, there'll be questions. Uh, mm -hmm. And maybe we can jump back in and answer some of those because there, we, could, we can't possibly get to all of it. But I know, uh, and Mallory, I don't always have a lot of recollection after I channel, but I have a feeling. And mm -hmm. I have a feeling that uh, your questions were very thoughtful and that what you brought forth from them was exactly what the audience needs to hear. That's good. I hope so. I, I really, I think there's a lot of value in how the stream talked about how, I mean, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of physical realities around our bodies, but at the end of the day, everything about what we think we have to be is a construct and you can change any of that, you know, and you don't have to be the way you're told to be. Like one of the things that people talk about a lot, um, because you can get into all the science of why you're trans, like what is your brain, what are your hormones and whatnot. At the end of the day, I'm like, I'm trans because I say I, say I am, you know, and I'm a woman because I say I am. Yeah, and that's all there really, that's all there has to be to it. And the, actually the streams thought process really supports that. So I like that. Yeah, well, the, and I, I know the, um, th this idea of truth, that's a big one for a lot of people. And People are, are, are really grappling with this right now. People, and I think about um, gay rights, the gay rights movement. Uh, I'm 53 years old. So I, I was sort of born at the beginning of Stonewall, right mm -hmm. of the year before Stonewall, lived through AIDS uh, and now seeing my people, if you will, being widely accepted. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like, okay. And I remember uh, the, the Bush years, where gay marriage was such a hot button topic back then. And uh, I was with a partner at the time that really gave a lot of power to politics. And he felt very hurt by that. And I just chose not to worry about it. I'm kind of, I don't need the government to, to approve anything about me. I don't care, you know, marriage or not, it's fine, no big deal. Uh, ironic that I've been divorced twice now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I understand that there's this society has to sort of, grapple with things and come around to it and be educated somewhat about it. And I think, you know, in my time, television did a lot for that. Mm -hmm. uh, like the Will and Grace, the, the, that TV show was so groundbreaking. But I remember the very first gay character I ever saw on television was uh, this show when I was a kid in the 70s called Soap. Uh, it was a very adult sitcom and Billy Crystal played an openly gay character. 
And I remember knowing, I knew I was, I knew I was gay when I was six years old. Uh, the first time I watched the $6 million man, I knew I was gay. <laughs> I knew I was trans around six as well, actually. Yeah, I, I think people know and they just don't yeah. really accept it. But I, I definitely knew that I was gay around age six. And so I saw Billy Crystal and I liked seeing this gay character. And then all of a sudden, Billy Crystal was dressing like a woman. And that was very confusing to me because I, I identified with being gay, but there was no part of me that was wanting to go put on my mother's heels. I never wanted to do that. So that confused the hell out of me. But now I look back in appreciation that at least they had the balls to put a gay character on television in the 70s. And then, you know, we all know what uh, Ellen DeGeneres went through when she came out in the 90s. You know, her whole career went away for a while. And now, you know, after Will and Grace, uh, I think that came on in the late 90s to the early 2000s. It's just, I think that did a lot. Now, I don't think we're as TV centric now. So now it's all internet and TikTok and all of that. And it's playing out very differently, but I kind of see the same progression for trans people now that, that gay people went through. It's sort of following that, it seems. Yeah. And I think also the people who don't like change, um, <clears throat> in a way, they're kind of like trans people are sort of like the last group that you can like deny things to. After that, it's kind of like, well, I guess we can kind of be whatever we want. So folks who don't like change are, are definitely trying to, to win this battle, but they're not, obviously, they're not winning yeah. it. Like the, it's nobody like I've, I've encountered very few people out in the out in public that think that trans people shouldn't be allowed to live their lives and be what they are, you know. So, which yeah, is actually, I, don't, I think really there's some that are very vocal, um, yeah. but I also think there's all this there's, there's this there's this gray area of all that as well, because sometimes what I do see are is someone who's not fully up to speed or questioning. Uh, I didn't see the Dave Chappelle. I like Dave Chappelle. I didn't see the Dave Chappelle. I actually canceled Netflix because I used to watch stand-up comedy on Netflix. I love stand-up comedy. I love irreverent. Mm -hmm. like um, Louis C.K. is one of my favorite comedians. I love really irreverent stuff because I think it's all meaningless. It's just jokes. Yeah. And I know that a lot of trans people were really offended by Dave Chappelle. I didn't watch it because I got rid of Netflix. But what I saw was a man on stage being very honest, trying to come to terms with something that I thought was very authentic. And then that gets labeled, you hate us and you want us to die. And it's not the same thing as someone that hates you and wants you to die. He, I think that he didn't research the subject as well as he should have. Um, yeah, that was the grappling in public part, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he did make a couple of statements where he said that he aligns with people or agrees with people who do actually want trans people to die. Um, which wasn't a very good look, but to be honest, like I've actually, I've watched a lot on that particular topic. And at the end of the day, what Dave Chappelle was, was really getting at was like, hey, shit's still fucked up for black people. Like, don't forget about us. That's really what he was saying. Um, and, and I respect that a lot. The downside though, is that he stood on top of um, black trans women to do it. And that was a bad move because the most, the, the group of people in our country had, who, well, maybe tied with native Americans who are like the least respected are black trans people. You know, so it was unfortunate that while he was trying to do good things for the black community, he probably harmed a lot of black trans women. But I recognize that he was grappling with a very complex topic and, and trying to do it in an insightful and entertaining way. And I don't think he's a transphobe I, and I don't hold it against him. So I'm, I'm possibly in a minority on that front though. Um, yeah. But I also like. Well, this, I'm agreeing with you that there's yeah. degrees of this, and it would yeah. be ideal if everybody would be kind of like me and just say, "Hey, live and let love, 
you know, everybody needs to be happy. Everybody has the right to happiness and, and, and abundance. And we shouldn't be holding anybody back for any reason. Yeah. And if I don't understand you, uh, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be though. Because yeah. there, there, are, there are degrees now and identities that I fully don't understand. We did a podcast about what, what all did uh, Wendy bring up on the sex pod, like demisexual? Yeah, there's demisexual. I had to Google that. I had no idea. What it, yeah. Yeah. There's things that I have to Google. I'm like, I'm you know, 53 yeah. years old. I've never heard these topics before. And I've been around the block. And I really like uh, sort of like new identities and new things that are coming around that we, we can educate ourselves about or not, but saying that, oh, you're wrong, you're stupid, you shouldn't be, you should die because I don't understand you, you know, that's where I really draw the line. Other than that, Absolutely, I think it's fine yeah. to question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes us all stronger. One of the ones I find fascinating is fey sexual or fey gender. I'm like, wow, fey gender. It's so what cool. is that? I, don't think that I, I didn't Google that one. What's fey gender? It's people who I identify as, as, it's people who identify as being fey. Okay. As in, as in like the, the fey, the fair folk. Um, all right. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're not like, they're not, they don't think they're fairies, but they sort of identify with that sort of vibe, um, which I don't get, but I still think it's really cool. I'm like, that's neat. I love that we're doing I'm, stuff I'm, like I'm that. a you do you kind of person for sure. Yeah. And I used to live in Seattle and there's no more you do you society than Seattle, Washington. Uh, and I would see, I, I live downtown in the city and I would be, you know, see the bus stops and just the, the, the array of people uh, that you would just, you know, people that dress as stuffed animals 365 days a year <laughs> uh, to go to work and things like that existed there. And I actually thought it was really cool. I'm like, this is cool that I live in this place. Do I want to go hang out with them? Probably not. But, you know, go do your thing. Have fun. I love you, do you. It's very pro masturbation. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that wow. note, I think we will close out uh, this podcast. Uh, Mallory, thank you so much. You were fantastic. Thank you for having me. Dream. <laughs> Uh, you, you brought a lot of fantastic questions, I know, and I can't wait to listen back to everything that was uh, shared in the interaction. Uh, I hope to have you back to go a little deeper into this topic because I'm sure that. it's some questions and things like that. And uh, if you have questions, always you can reach us at david at thestreamofdavid.com and let us know what those are or make comments uh, wherever you're watching this or listening to this. Kat, as always, thank you so much for being willing to dive in on the on any topic regardless of how tricky it is you're always always a, i love it i love I'm it here for. thank you both so much and uh happy new year i'm excited to share with you that we are returning to live in-person events in 2022 our first event will be our los angeles summit on january 15th 2022 starting at 10 a.m pacific and lasting until 3 p.m if you've attended one of our virtual events on Zoom, you know the magnitude of the super vibes that we create in these interactions. You know how deep we go into the stream's teachings and how your life can forever be changed in one powerful collective consciousness event. I'm so excited that we're getting together in person to take this to another level. So visit thestreamofdavid.com forward slash events to learn more and to secure your seat. Again, that's thestreamofdavid.com forward slash events. I look forward to seeing you there.